You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We're live here at the Doug Lacey Basedom, Basedom, Basement Systems Studio. They specialize in everything basement-y since 1992, serving Calgary and Southern Alberta. At the bottom of the hour, Ross Tucker, NFL Insider, Ross Tucker Podcast, CBS Sports. And probably in about 15 minutes or so, we're giving away the Flames-Jets tickets. Uh, in the 6 o'clock hour, we talked about, uh, we played the clip. It happened on the <coughs> DA show on CBS Sports Radio, where his producer, Mraz, on the air was laughing so hard, he pooped his pants. And then that led to wanting to hear your most embarrassing work story at 960-960, name and location. There's some absolute great stories out there. Uh, the winner's going to get Flames and Jets tickets Saturday night to the Dome in the lower bowl. We'll do that after we talk to our next guest on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline from Boston, Calgary Flames beat writer for Post Media. We say good morning to Wes Gilbertson. Wes, how are you? Good, guys. How are you? Do you have an embarrassing work story you want to share with us or no? And we're good. You, you know, you, you, I think it's probably a good sign that I can't think of one right off the top of my okay. head. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm sure I have one. Uh, I'm sure someone will text me and remind me of one, <laughs> but uh, off the top of my head, nothing absolutely mortifying. So I, I feel like that's a good way to start the day. Uh, there's some mortifying ones out there yeah. where a guy fought Ronald McDonald at a charity golf tournament, a work uh, charity golf a tournament, work charity yeah. golf tournament, a high school <laughs> teacher puked on the front row of his students. Lots of stuff we're going to get to straight ahead. I wanted to ask you, you're in Boston right now uh, covering the team What's the vibe around the team right now, Wes? It's, I guess, what you would expect from a team that has lost six in a row. It's a pretty, I, I don't know if tense is the right word, but it, it's not, there's not a lot of chuckles and, uh, and giggles going, going around, that's for sure. It's a, I think it's a team that feels good about what they put on the ice, especially in the past two games. Like, I think on this road trip, on both Long Island and then in New Jersey, there was a lot to like about their game, and yet not a lot of reward. The one loser point, obviously, against the Islanders. Um, now 0-4-2 in their, their past six games, and this is a group that's frustrated, that uh, that's fighting it, I think, and you can certainly feel that around them. Now, one of the things with this group, they're already starting to deal with some injury trouble. Chris Tanev's been out for a little while. Michael Stone is on the IR. Oliver Shillington not with the team. And now Jonathan Huberto, uh, at least day-to-day for now, with Daryl Sutter saying he couldn't even get his foot in his skate prior to that game back on Tuesday. Is this just kind of something that we didn't experience at all last year? And as a result, it is kind of jarring. The results are, are the results, but... Just the way that the injuries are already racking up early on in the season, it's it's such a contrast to last year when they barely had any injuries at all. Yeah, and even you know going back further than that, this is a team that that has had really really good fortune on the the injury front in terms of you know if you were talking about being without one of your sort of marquee guys for an extended stretch, you might have to go back to you know Mark Giordano just before the trade deadline several years ago. So. Um, I'm sure there's probably another example, but but we just haven't talked about injuries a ton in the context of the Calgary Flames because they haven't had a ton of them, and so this is uh, 
this is a stretch that they're going to have to weather. That it, They're certainly no different than other teams that have had to go through something similar. I'm, I'm curious about Jonathan Huberdeau's injury. The Flames announced that it was an upper body injury. Then he walks out of the dressing room with a walking cast on him. And I think the truth is actually both. I, I, I'm not sure it's just yeah. one injury for Huberdeau. I, I think... I think it's actually two right now. And so I've been trying to get a little bit of a read on how long they expect to be without him. Um, it's always day to day with the flames. That's always what you're going to hear. So not too sure when we're going to see him back in the lineup, but you know, already without a, a workhorse defenseman already without a couple of important depth defensemen, one in Michael stone and the other on, um, you know, Oliver Shillington's personal leave. And, and so now to take, a guy off your first line and, and your top power play, uh, as you said, it's uh, it's adding up on these guys. So what have you made of the players who have come in and, and kind of filled a role? And, and most specifically, I think of the third pair on the blue line. I thought they were really solid for a lot of that game. And then unfortunately, Nick DeSimone kind of fires that puck right into traffic. The Devils come the other way and are able to score and kind of started the come-from-behind win for the Devils. Um, but what have you made about their play, and do you expect it to be that same third pair with Connor Mackey maybe struggling a little bit before he was sat down for that game in New Jersey? Yeah, I do expect it to be that that same third pair. Nick Simone, I think, has been been really poised with probably one giveaway that you can't have in each game, and and it's proved costly. I think there's a lot to like about a guy who's only played two NHL games, but you know, a couple times he's going to need to fire it really hard off the glass, even if it if if it's icing as opposed to coughing it up the way he has a couple times. Uh, I had a ton of fun the other night. I'm sure you guys did too. Watching Dennis Gilbert, you know that that looks like yep. a guy who would beat up Ronald McDonald at a charity tournament to me. And I, <laughs> right. I, I, I say that in the the most complimentary way possible. Um, you know, he he injected a ton of energy. For a guy who didn't play a lot, you know, on that first shift, maybe it was his second shift in New Jersey, he, he tries to run over Dawson Mercer. I think the boards might still be shaking. He drops his gloves to, to try and inject some life. Like, he he impressed me. He, he's not going to be a guy who plays more than, I think, that energy-type role on the blue line, but I'd be surprised to see... Daryl Sutter take him out and put the left-handed Connor Mackey back in in that spot tonight. Wes Gilbertson covers the Flames for Post Media, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Who do you think starts in goal tonight? Whew, that's a good one. <laughs> I, I think probably Markstrom. I, I just feel, I feel like when Daryl Sutter thinks his team really needs a win, and you could have characterize the last few that way he he's always going to go with the he's always going to go with the the go-to guy so i would expect it's markstrom again um you know i guess the trouble when you don't get a ton of opportunities like dan Lidar has this season if your last one wasn't very good it probably prolongs when your next one's going to be and i don't think anyone's putting that loss to seattle on dan Lidar. But he gave up five, including three in in the third, even if he probably wasn't going to stop any of those because of what great chances they were. I just think that Jacob Marsham, for a lot of reasons, is probably the guy that Daryl Sutter is going to trust to go back to tonight against maybe the best team in the National Hockey League. 
A thought on what we're seeing from Nikita Zadorov this season? Well, I think he's I think he's handled the minutes well. I think it's such a luxury without Chris Tanev to have a fifth defenseman who can play in the top four. Um, they love his physicality. They certainly love the sort of edge he brings to the game, the kind mm. of attitude he brings to the game, and, and yet. I'm not sure they would have loved the decision on on what turns out to be the game-winning goal in uh, in New Jersey the other mm-hmm. night. Like he's he's forechecking the Zamboni entrance, and the Devils are going the other way, two on one. Now Mackenzie Weger came out post game and, and said he didn't play the angle very well. That he's got to do a better job of forcing Nico Heischer outside there. The, there's probably a lot of blame to go around. Jacob Markstrom's got to get that five hole closed quicker there too. That's not, that's not one you can probably give up with your team in, in that position at that point in the game. But I, that's just sort of what comes with Nikita Zadorov. There's going to be a few moments every game where his aggressiveness is, is probably ill-timed in some ways. That That's what you get with the package. That's what you get with, the way he plays the game. And, and unfortunately, I think in that instance in New Jersey, for a guy who played 25 minutes mm-hmm. that night, it cost it cost them a little bit. Yeah, and, and he and Uyghur are interesting because they're kind of similar. Uyghur likes to play a real aggressive game. He's been caught down low on a pinch uh, a couple times this season as well that's led to goals going the other way. But overall, I've really liked how they've played together. I and mean, if anything, it does give me a perhaps a, a step back, a little bit of a look at a silver lining. If you start getting some guys back, some guys healthy, and you can go with Uyghur and Zadorov, you can go with Hannafin and Anderson, and you get any two of those three guys back in Stone, Tanev, or Shillington, all of a sudden, you got a pretty strong blue line. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we talked about going into the season, that the blue line was going to be the strength. And, and maybe even if you take it one step further and say the blue line and the goaltending was going to be the the strength of the group. And I, I still believe that. I, you know, I'm sure you guys have played the clip a hundred times of Daryl the other day saying, you know, all that talk about our depth was a bunch of BS. I, I don't think that's fair. You know, show me a team in the NHL that's down to their eight, nine, ten defensemen and has complete faith in the guys they're putting out there. I don't know I don't know of a team that's got ten deep that the head coach is going to be in love with. I mean Dennis Gilbert should be if Oliver Shillington was here, if those other two guys are healthy, if salary cap space wasn't a concern and they could call up Nick Milosh, like Dennis Gilbert's probably your number eleven defenseman. So I'm not sure that Daryl firing from the hip and saying we don't have any depth on defense. I mean, that's a middle of the rotation AHL spot on your depth chart. I, I'm not sure who is going to love that guy at the NHL level. How important is this stretch for Adam Rzitska, Wes? Well, I, I think it's, it's hugely important because while he's on the top line and top power play, so, so that part that's the obvious part. You know, no one needs me to say that it's important that he take advantage of being on the first line. But, but I think the sort of backdrop of this conversation is that we're talking about a team that still needs a top nine forward. And so whenever Jonathan Huberto is back, if Adam Ruzicka has performed well in that top line spot, 
doesn't he become the obvious candidate for to fill the hole in the top nine then? And so it's not necessarily – listen, Adam Ruzicka is not staying on the top line with Jonathan, when Jonathan Huberdeau comes back. This isn't a you know, Wally Pip story we're setting up here. <laughs> but he could certainly stay in that top nine rotation with a, with a good performance. And so I'm really curious to see – the biggest thing we always talk about with Adam Ruzicka, I remember talking to his coaches in the Ontario Hockey League about this. It's always consistency. I think there was a lot of good in Adam Ruzicka's game the other night. I mean, the, the sort of drive-by screen on Toffoli's power play goal was terrific. He wins a battle down low to keep that play alive earlier in the shift. Lots of good there. Now he needs to sort of prove that he can play that game every night. And so it starts tonight in Boston. I, I'm sure he keeps that spot on the first line with, with Elias Lindholm and Tyler Toffoli, but it, it has to be something that Adam does consistently if he wants to be the solution to, hey, how are we going to fill this void in our top nine? You know, one of the other things that we talked about being the strength of this team had been the blue line and the goaltending. And now that we are, you know, kind of getting up on that 15%, closer to 20% mark of the season, just a thought on the center depth because we've seen Lindholm and Caudry and Backlund go as the three centers for pretty much the entirety of this season so far. There's been some up, there's been some down. I'm just wondering how you're feeling about them uh, as the team has lost six straight. Well, I'm not sure we've seen them all play well on the same night yet. And so I think that that to me is has been the biggest issue around these Calgary Flames. And, and you know, anyone who's listened when I've I've been chatting with Pat Steinberg in the afternoon or, or anyone who's been reading is going to feel like I'm a broken record. The thing I keep saying about these Flames, the, the biggest issue boils down to the number of individuals that haven't played to what they're capable of. Throw out the chemistry and everything, you've got a bunch of guys who haven't played to the standard that I think they hold as individuals. And when that happens, then teams are going to wind up losing hockey games. And so I think we've seen good stretches from all of those centers, but I'm not sure we've seen them overlap the way the Calgary Flames need them to. Elias Lindholm, by his own admission, got off to a really rocky start to the season. I I think we've seen him turn the corner. Nazem Kadri was in the early stages the best of the Calgary Flames, certainly their best forward. I would say he cooled off for a while after that. His night on Tuesday in New Jersey was, I think, the best I've seen him play uh, during this skid. You know, Michael Backlund winds up benched on Saturday against New Jersey, comes out Monday and scores two goals on Long Island. It insists afterward it had nothing to do with being benched Saturday, but I think that's probably a, a little bit of a stretch of the truth. So, so those three are all capable. What you love about their center depth, those three are all capable of being the Calgary Flames' best player on any given night. They just need to have a little overlap where they're all really strong for us to see the true um, true result of the center depth that they've built, and I'm not sure we've seen that part yet. Wes Gilbertson covers the Calgary Flames for Post Media in Boston. Uh, Wes, enjoy the game tonight. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have an awesome day. There he goes, Wes Gilbertson, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, hotline brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. 
14-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza, 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. It is the big show, Ruskin Rose Sportsnet, 960 The Fan at the bottom of the hour, Ross Tucker, NFL Insider, Ross Tucker Podcast, CBS Sports. But in the 6 o'clock hour, and if you missed it, podcast, go on the podcast in the 6 o'clock hour, we played the clip on uh, DA's show on CBS Sports Radio in the morning. They're on sometimes before we are. Uh, the producer of that show this week, Mraz, uh, he pooped his pants live on the air because he was laughing so hard. Oh. And that led us to the question is, what's the most embarrassing story you have that's happened to you at work? Uh, the most embarrassing story gets tickets to the Flames and Jets Saturday night down at the Dome. Lower bowl tickets. You ready to hear some stories? I am ready. Uh, this is from Trevor in Calgary. Uh, mm. I worked at a uh, as a prison guard. I don't want to really give the place, but he worked as a prison guard. Sure. I got beat up by one of the women there once. <laughs> well. Some chicks are beasts. I quit two weeks later. Oh. Shame. I, I, God bless you, Trevor, for being a prison guard. Uh, that That's... that's that's not the easiest job in the world. Yeah, and listen, I'm I'm sure that there's lots of dudes who get beat up by females in prisons. It's nothing to feel embarrassed about. But uh, no. also, yeah, I wouldn't. I would. Okay, quit. that's yeah. not bad. Yeah, uh, James and Cochran. This is a good one. About mm. ten years ago, I had a really good-looking coworker. I had looked her up on Facebook incognito. I'm not an amateur, and found her profile what? pic, which just happened to be a bikini pic. Oh. Uh, in parentheses, God bless her. What anyway, I had opened that pick in another browser and forgot about it. The rest basically writes itself. Presenting at a meeting about a half dozen people when people when someone says, hey, would you mind looking this up? So I open up a browser and right there full screen is this lady's bikini pick. Took about 0.84 seconds to close it, but the damage was done. Even today, I want to die thinking about it. Shame. Uh, I like Sh- that. Uh, I like that a lot. Uh, Shame. That's a good one. You're like, oh, God, it's uh, Marge's bikini pick. Yeah, it was Marge. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get that pick of Marge. Got <laughs> to get rid of Marge. Got to get rid of Marge. Man, a real looker with that uh, tall later blue on, hair. Sometime, Shame. Sometime we'll play uh, maybe unappealing names in a strip club DJ voice. We'll do that maybe around <laughs> Christmas time. We'll play that game for you. Uh, Sean in Calgary. What type of game is that? <laughs> oh, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. We'll do it around Christmas time. Uh, Sean in Calgary. I was in Vegas for my friend's 21st birthday and a real 10-day bender. Wow, get after it. 10, 10 days, days in Vegas? Hard How pass. much money did you have? <laughs> hard pass. I'd be in my room the last six days because yeah. I'd be broke. I would be broke and yeah. I would be unhappy. Again, like I've always said, as long as I have enough money to buy a slice of pizza in the airplane on the way home. <laughs> I put my finger up because I'm a winner. That's a number one win. Our last day was spent. Our bags to the airport and napped in the shade of the Caesars Palace sign. Our flight back was delayed four hours. So we got back to Calgary about three in the morning. Unfortunately, my first day of my professional career at an accounting firm was the next day. I was green and sweating throughout the whole morning. The managing partner took all the new starts out for lunch. I asked to stay behind to take care of a personal matter. Ah. I curled up under the conference room table and tried to sleep and recover. Unfortunately, my legs were sticking out and a crowd of people came to see what the new guy was sleeping under the table. (laughs) They started a pool about how soon I would get fired. Shame. I've slept under Brody's desk a lot, actually, in in my initial years here. 
uh, when we still had to come in at 6 a.m. on the weekends, and I'd get a lot of sleeps under there. So you've slept in through a lot of inside the lines? Is that what you're trying to tell me? (laughs) I listen. Yeah, you slept. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to mention the gas company, but Eric worked. Uh, he represented a gas company at a uh, Ronald McDonald Children's <laughs> Charity Golf Tournament. He had a few too. Okay, hold on. He had a few too many. Let Ronald get under my skin and a little verbal altercation after he kicked my ball. Sorry. After he kicked my just, ball off the tee. Just a little verbal my, altercation with old <laughs> Ron, Ron, Ron Ronnie. After he kicked my ball off the tee in my backswing, and we proceeded to roll around fighting on the ground in front of a lot of people and cameras, somehow, somehow Ronald got the upper hand in the fight, and I ended up getting a three-day suspension from work, and on camera getting an ass-kicking from a clown. The video went viral around the office. And I still get sent it once in a while. <laughs> Shame. I, uh, I think that's pretty good. That's a good one. I, uh. If that story is in fact true, getting into a skirmish with Ronald McDonald at a charity golf tournament and rolling around fighting. Well, it's like around the holiday season, one of yeah. my favorite videos is dudes getting tuned up by Santa Claus. Because someone yeah. starts chirping a dude in a Santa Claus outfit. And I think at this point, I think we've all come to understand that sometimes the, the guys that wear the Santa Claus costumes at the malls aren't, aren't necess- a little rough around the edges from time to time. They're not necessarily guys I would want to go toe-to-toe with. And a lot of people find that out over the hol- holidays. That's fun videos. Um, one more before we get to uh, <laughs> who wins. Uh, this one's good. Micking Mick in Calgary. Uh, my first Halloween shortly after I started a new job in a professional setting with the government. The day before uh, Halloween, someone told me that the entire office dresses up for the day, so I better come dressed up in a costume. This was short notice, so I borrowed my sister's clothes and bought a wig and showed up to work with a short skirt, wig, low-cut shirt, high heels, etc. Found out quickly that no one dresses up for Halloween. It was a long day. Shame. It's pretty good, too. Shame. Shame. Pretty good, too. Uh, Trevor. Okay, so this is the ones we got. Um... Trevor got beat up by a, a, a female in jail when, as a prison guard. Tough. That's pretty good. That's uh, Sean went on that ridiculous bender in Las Vegas. Mm, Eric fought Ronald bed. McDonald at a charity golf tournament. <laughs> and uh, Mick um, from Calgary uh, dressed up at Halloween when nobody dressed up. And uh, it honestly was, didn't even yeah. sound like it was a great costume. And, it was just kind of... Yeah, he was... And James is the one where he was stalking his attractive co-worker and then her pick came up during a meeting and he could never live that one down. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let uh, you choose the winner today. It's got to be, right? I'm it. Uh, congratulations to Eric. You're going to see the Flames and Jets. And if you could go ahead and just fire that video yeah. off to me on Twitter yeah. at MattRoseYYC, yeah. that would just be... Yeah, we're gonna the send bees you. Knees. Yeah, we're gonna send you uh, uh, an email, uh, a, a text uh, that please, we want to see the video, please, of you fighting Ronald McDonald. I promise not to tweet it. I'm crossing my yeah, fingers, just, but I promise. But I just want to make sure it's it's completely true. Yeah, because if you're, you know what, you like have if, to send us the video to get the ticket. If you're so reckless that you're at a 
a company event that you had a few that you decided that, yes, I'm going to take this to the next level and fight Ronald McDonald because he kicked the ball off the tee in my Listen, I've been banged up before at a work event, but I've never tried to fight the mascot of the charity that the work event is supporting. I get where where Eric's coming from because that would even rub you even more the wrong way because those big, stupid, big red shoes is kicking your ball off the tee like you son of a... Be like going to Francis's Pizza Pig out and getting into a tilt with Harvey the Hound. Like, right. what are we That's doing? Right. That's right. Or you're jamming uh, Beasley's face into a pie because you're upset with him over something. It would be like that. Congratulations, Eric. You're going to see uh, the Flames and Jets Saturday night at the Dome Lower Bowl. Straight ahead, Ross Tucker, NFL Insider, Ross Tucker Podcast, CBS Sports. We'll ask him what's his most embarrassing work story. Maybe it happened on the field in the National Football League. That's next. Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Coming to you live from the Doug Lacey Basement Systems Studio. Want to get in uh, one more quick one about the funny work story? Yeah, hit me. Because we just gave away tickets. Uh, This one's from Joe in Calgary. Uh, Christmas party at work. Put a Lindor chocolate in my back pocket. Sat (laughs) down and it looked like I crapped myself. I was known as Skids for years. (laughs) It's pretty good. Oh, the nickname's the worst part. It's pretty good. Skids. It's pretty good. Why would you put a Lindor in your back pocket? Well, he forgot about it. It was probably they're probably but giving out the point. Christmas party. It should be gone in the back pocket, eat in the right first away? place. All right, Lindors are a mess when you put them anywhere warm. No kidding. Um, right now, joining us on the Alice Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline, Ross Tucker, NFL Insider, Ross Tucker Podcast, CBS Sports. Ross, good morning. How are you? Awesome. How you doing, George? Matt, nice good. to have you. No, yep. thanks for jumping on, uh, Ross. Do you have an embarrassing work story? <laughs> maybe happen in the league or outside of work that you could share with us? Uh, it sounds like one of mine is um, similar to one of the ones you guys were just discussing, actually. Really? Um, yeah, my fourth year in the NFL, mm-hmm. I was playing um, for the Buffalo Bills. I was playing center, and um, I was having some stomach issues. Okay. And it was during a practice during the week. We wore white practice pants, uh-huh. and um, I went to pass wind. Yes, and it might there might have been uh, a little bit of liquid involved. Okay, and um, so evidently, you know, you could kind of see on the back of my mm. white pants that they weren't totally white, mm. which is one thing, right? That's one thing. Yeah, but the second part of that is I'm starting at center, and Drew Bledsoe's our quarterback, and he really wants me to go in and change my pants. But it's the middle of practice, and I'm starting at center, and I can't miss those reps, and I don't want anybody – I don't want anybody else taking those reps. So I, uh, I declined. So okay. uh, not, not the greatest not the greatest day for me or Drew Bledsoe's right hand. <laughs> and he had to uh Oh my god. I'm sure he spent some, I'm sure he spent some extra time. Um, I'm sure he spent some extra time washing that thing afterwards. You know what I would say about that, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, say about that. Yeah. Um the, the real the real blame for that 
yeah. goes to John Heisman. Okay. Uh, John Heisman invented the quarterback center snap. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and to this day, yeah, I am amazed by two things as it relates to the sport of football. Number one, that when they invented what I believe, I know you guys love hockey, but what I believe is the greatest game in the world, somebody thought it would be a good idea to start every play with a large man bending over. Yeah. And another man coming up behind him and putting his hands yeah. up into his undercarriage yeah. between two body parts. Yeah. Like, I would love to have been a part of that meeting and been like, wait, Frank, Frank, what do you want to do? Like, <laughs> like Frank, are you sure? <laughs> like, what, what? Like, I, I am like, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated that at some point somebody decided – like, this would be the best way to start every play in the greatest sport in the history of the world. Yeah. That and, and then the other thing I thought was always interesting is, like, you know what we should do? Let's have these guys, 22 guys, smash into each other every play all game. And you know how a lot of these games should be decided? Let's bring in a dude um, off the bench who played soccer in high school. Yeah. And he'll come out here and decide who wins the game. Like, is that not crazy? Now, the thing is, is yeah. like, they didn't even, they never even thought about the fact that maybe there'd be specialization and it would be like a soccer mm. guy who weighs a buck 55 coming off the bench to decide who wins the game. Like, I, I don't think they thought that far ahead, but. It's so crazy. It's like I know people really don't like like uh, penalty shots, right, in hockey or soccer or field hockey or whatever to determine the outcome of the game. At least that's still, like, part of it. Like, the idea that it's like, all right, you run the ball, you catch the ball, you hit each other. Oh, there's three seconds left. You know, bring in Raul. <laughs> Uh, to come in and, and see who wins the game. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. It is. It really is. Uh, there's lots to unpack from your story, but the one thing that popped into my mind immediately, Ross, was did you get a nickname after that from Drew Bledsoe <laughs> or some of the guys? I did not know. My nickname of uh, of Tuck was already very much okay. entrenched. So okay. I didn't get a new nickname, but it certainly would have been possible. I do remember Mike Malarkey. Mm saying, uh, this is going in the book. Yeah. Um, because, uh, he, was, he, he always said he was going to write a book someday. Yeah. And he said, this, this is going to be in the book, Tuck. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Uh, Ross, I, I, wish, it. I wish we could give you the Flames and Jets tickets because that's pretty good. Apparently a guy, he's sending us the video too, uh, got into a fight with Ronald McDonald at a children's charity golf event because he had a little too much to drink, and Ronald McDonald kicked his ball off the tee in the middle of his backswing. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and he got suspended from his job for three days because he got into a fight with Ronald McDonald rolling around on the ground, who, by the way, took him down too. Uh, Ronald McDonald got the best of him. That is well. That makes it really bad. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna get suspended from work, yeah, you at least beat Ronald McDonald's butt. Yeah, exactly. 
I totally agree with you. You at least got to clown the yeah, clown. For sure. <laughs> because you can't live that one down, then too. you're the clown. No kidding. Yeah. Um, Ross, got to ask you about uh, the Buffalo Bills quarterback situation. Obviously, Josh Allen's got the, got the uh, elbow issue here. Is there a quarterback in the league that means more to his team than Josh Allen? No. That's a, that's a really easy question to answer. It, it's no, and it's because no one's offense is more dependent on a quarterback mm. than him because he's like their best running back. He is their running game. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident he's their leading rusher, and certainly he's the guy that they count on for rushing touchdowns to close out games late. So, no, uh, the answer is definitely not. Now, now, if you want to get involved in backup quarterbacks and say, well, this team's backup's terrible, so he's more important or whatever, but the, the way you frame the question, the answer is no. It, mm. It's Josh Allen, and that's why the way they've um, done this, um, the way they've been doing this is uh, a concern because they do put so much on him. Now, given what we know about the injury, we're probably going to see Case Keenum at some point this season, whether it's this week or, or later on. What's your faith that he can run that offense? Yeah, so I um, so it's interesting because I, I, I do a betting podcast, the, the Even Money podcast, and I had Dr. David Chow on it on Tuesday, and he really thinks, just so you guys know, that Case Keenum is going to start on Sunday and probably for the next couple weeks just based on the Josh Allen injury and and what he knows about it and what he saw on video. So it is going to be Case Keenum time, which should be a good time for the Bills to figure out a way to get their run game going, which they haven't really done all year. I do think, uh, you know, they're not going to have Case Keenum run it. That's not his deal. He will, though, get the ball out quickly there's a reason why they traded for him. There's a reason why you have a backup quarterback like Case Keenum and you pay him pretty good money. It's because you know there's a decent chance you're going to have to win you a couple games at some point in the season, and it's, it looks like it sounds like it's that time. Ross Tucker, uh, NFL Insider, Ross Tucker Podcast, CBS Sports, joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Do you expect fireworks tonight between the Falcons and Panthers like we saw a couple weeks ago? I have no idea what to expect <laughs> with those teams. I really don't. I mean, I feel like the Falcons have at least been pretty consistent. You kind of know what you're getting from them. They don't throw it that great, primarily the run game. You know, they score 20-some 20, 20 points. Carolina, though, man, your your guess is as good as mine. I, mm. I that's, That was my only um, bet against the spread that lost last week. I took Carolina – Getting seven points against the Bengals felt pretty good about it, and they got totally destroyed. What about the Buccaneers? Because last weekend, much like the Panthers, a bit of an embarrassment for the Buck, uh, for the Bucks, and now they've got this big matchup as well. I, I just wonder about them winning the division and moving down throughout the course of the season and, and being able to actually make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... I think they will. We're talking about the Bucks, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think that win probably saved their season. Mm. You know, that 
now I don't know that they'll beat the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are a better team than them, mm. which is kind of remarkable to say, um, but they are. But I do think that that comeback, I, I still think they're going to win the division. I mean, the Saints aren't good. The Falcons aren't really good. I think that gives the Bucks enough momentum in the second half of the year that they probably find a way to win the division. And then, you know, who's betting against Brady in the playoffs? Mm. Not many people. I, I think as even though they've struggled, that's a long way away. You know, that's like mid-January. They could be playing a lot better, a lot differently at that point. Ross, I know this whole uh, Russell Wilson thing, it was essentially either Pete Carroll or Russ has to go. And uh, Pete Carroll took a lot of arrows during this divorce from Russell Wilson. But, man, uh, I didn't expect it to look this way uh, so soon that uh, Pete Carroll's team got him very competitive, a team that maybe doesn't have a ton of talent on their roster, but they play hard for their head coach, Geno Smith, arguably the comeback player of the year. Is Does this just make Pete Carroll look even better and maybe look, makes Russell Wilson look even worse with how good the Seahawks are playing this season? It's a good question, and, and the answer is yes. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no question about it. It's uh, And they're kind of like, I, I didn't realize it ended this poorly. You know, where Pete Carroll's kind of sliding in comments that he doesn't really need to do. Mm. And then Russell Wilson, um, uh, Russell Wilson follows up and says, well, we won a lot of games without the wristbands. It's, um, <laughs> it's not good. Wanted to ask you about uh, Jeff Saturday being appointed the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts and just what your initial reaction was. I know with uh, these blue check marks floating around all over Twitter, there was a lot of people that had to go double-check that one. Well, I love Jeff Saturday. I think he's an awesome player, awesome guy, very impressive man. I also like I'm a big fan of outside-the-box hires, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think always feeling like it's got to be this coordinator or that hot coordinator when pretty different job calling plays than it is being a head coach and sort of uh, the leader of an organization. That all being said, I think the hire of Jeff Saturday as an interim coach is asinine. I mean, totally asinine. Like, you know, I could maybe make the argument or anybody could for after the year. Like, if the owner loves Ursay and is that impressed by him, then okay, maybe after the year, you know, hire him in January. But to hire him during the season, this is not like, you know, hockey or basketball or whatever. It, it's very complicated. There's a lot of terminology. There's schemes, big coaching staff, huge roster, and they're, they're kind of throwing them in um, out of nowhere, it's hard to imagine it being very successful or it really working. And um, I, I don't know. I, I'm shocked by it, absolutely shocked. But I think the the owner there in Indy is starting to just do some really strange things. I mean, he's the one that made him bench Matt Ryan for Ellinger. He's the one that said we gotta, you know, fire the offensive coordinator the next week. It's very, very impetuous right now. Is there, I, 
I'm going to assume that center because you have to know what the defense is going to throw at you. You got to know what the offense is going to be. I assume when you're kind of thinking about the transition from being a player to being a coach in the NFL, that guys who are centers in the NFL, that would be a position near the top of my list as far as guys that could transition to being a head coach. Would you agree? And and what would maybe some other positions uh, be that come to mind? Totally agree. Quarterback's probably number one, center number two. I think tight end Mm. is uh, probably number three because – you know, tight end, you have to really understand the passing game and coverages. But then you also really have to understand the running game and fronts, right? Like receivers don't really have to know the running game stuff that much. Running backs don't really have to know, you know, coverages that well. But quarterbacks and tight ends really have to. Now, centers – don't need to know coverages that well, but they do need they do need to know, you know, fronts and they do need to be able to be a vocal leader for the rest of the offensive line and really understand defenses. So those are three that come to mind immediately for me on defense. It's probably like middle linebacker or or safety for the same kind of logic. Uh, Ross, before I let you go, Mike McCarthy making his return to Lambeau Field as his Cowboys play the Packers. Are, is Dallas a legitimate Super Bowl contender in your mind? I think so, yeah, just because of the complexion of the NFC. Hmm. Now, I think it's pretty clear so far that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC, but you know, I don't know that the Rams and the Bengals were the two best teams last year, right? So, right. I do think that the Cowboys are absolutely a threat. Their defense is so good. Micah Parsons is incredible. And they've been running the ball pretty well. Really, quite frankly, running it better without Zeke. And now they get, you know, Dak back. And Dak's been pretty good. I mean, I think, and there's a lot of talk about them getting Odell Beckham Jr. I think the Cowboys have a great chance to be in the mix at the end. It'll just be an uphill battle, right? They'll have to win. Yeah three road playoff games, it seems like, because it's unlikely that they would win that division. Uh, Ross, before I let you go, uh, tell us where we can find all your stuff. Well, um, actually driving right now to the airport to do um, New Mexico at Air Force on Saturday at 3.30 on CBS Sports Network. I don't know if you guys get that or not. And then Monday night I'll do the Commanders and the Eagles with Kevin Harlan for Westwood One, which will be fun. Then, of course, always check out, you know, the best thing to do, honestly, is if you like me, even a little bit, follow me on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram, or at Ross Tucker Pod, um, or Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, or even TikTok. Evidently, I'm on TikTok, at Ross Tucker NFL. That way, you can see all the stuff I'm doing, uh, and you can see what beer I'm going to drink tonight, what food I'm going to have, if it's good. So at Ross Tucker NFL on social media is the key. Uh, come for the football information. Stay for the media spreads at Ross Tucker on Twitter because that's my favorite thing that you show, media spreads throughout football stadiums. I like the IPAs. Around so. yep, North America. Uh, Ross Tucker, NFL Insider, Ross Tucker Podcast, CBS Sports. Ross, thanks for this, and thanks for sharing the story with Drew Bledsoe. We'll talk next week. Yeah, of course. Thanks for bringing it up, I guess. Yeah, all right. <laughs> thanks, yeah. Ross. Talk to you next week. Uh, Ross Tucker on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline.
Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner. For takeout or delivery, call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza, 6060 Memorial Drive, Northeast. Can I give you a little update from uh, Flames Skate this morning in Boston? Oh, wow. Ooh, okay, love that. wow. Yeah. Producer Patrick Dumas just diving into the show with a minute left. What do you notes, got? Notes, uh, notes, notes, notes. Fresh off being a uh, guest on, uh, with us, Wes Gilbertson tweets that uh, Jonathan Huberto on the ice this morning. Oh, in Boston. so we could get his foot in the boot. Could, yeah. That's a good sign. Okay. That's a step in the right direction. Now, was, granted, he was out with an upper body injury, so. Sure, but then he couldn't put his foot in his. I know. honestly think it's three things. I okay. think there's been three instances where we've seen him get banged up, leave a game and return. There was the, I had to go to the bathroom from Daryl Sutter. Sure. Which I never thought that was. I thought that was something lower body. Okay. Well, but I didn't technically think, it was, but, but I, anyway. But I didn't think it was anything that would need a walking boot. It was boot. a gurgle in his stomach. Yeah. And and then there was the, the arm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We've all had that. You're doing that little <laughs> in yeah, your stomach. That, that, that's, that's maybe he had it on the bench. Yep. There's three. Whatever, okay. dude. I don't know. He's hurt. We'll okay. see if he plays. Yeah. Uh, who's in the starters net? Did he say that? He did not say who's in the starters net. Come on, Gilbertson. <laughs> Get your act together. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, my favorite part of the week. Uh, big show replay straight ahead. Uh, we're off tomorrow because uh, it's Remembrance Day and it's a holiday here in Alberta. So mm. we'll be back Monday, which is which is exciting. Mm. And uh, I'll be on the air mo- uh, Sunday giving you more loser picks on Inside the Lines. So tune in for that so you can fade, <laughs> fade, fade me and actually make some You're money. doing a really good job selling you. Is anybody else on the show doing good? Like- uh, no, we all had a horrendous week oh, last good. week. <laughs> So fade the entire show if you want to make some money. Uh, That's it for us. We'll talk to you Monday. Enjoy the long weekend. Bye. Bye.